are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. Got a very special podcast lined up for you where I'm going to be doing a joint podcast with Josh Ward of Locked On Vols as we will go back and forth and talk about this game and this matchup this weekend. Should be a great one between these two teams. And it's always good to catch up with Josh Ward. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. All right, welcome in, listeners of both Locked On Vols and Locked On Razorbacks. So this is a crossover episode here as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, John Neighbors from Locked On Razorbacks. I'm Josh Ward, Locked On Vols. And uh, John, this is a game where uh, the the Vegas line has it as a close one going in. I'm curious on the Arkansas side what the conversation is. Is I think Tennessee fans are a little bit on edge. That's what I've gathered from radio at least. And uh, social media, for sure. You have to be careful there, I know. But um, uh, Arkansas has had a a good start to the season, I think, at least based on expectations. Yeah, man, it's kind of crazy because going into the year, I think most Razorback fans were like, all right, well, best case scenario, like three and seven, probably more two and eight, one and nine would be all right. Like, it's kind of just kind of went into it as just saying, hey, be competitive because they've been bad for so long. But now... It's like, you know, they're sitting at two and three and, you know, we can sit here and talk about three and two over the Auburn right. game and that whole controversial thing, which I know Razorback fans are chalking up for a win. So you're talking about a football team that's won three SEC games where in the past, if I'm doing my math right, in the past four years combined, they only won four. Like it's, it's so incredible just in one year to see the turnaround. So yeah, man, people are excited and uh, I know they just lost to A&M and uh, Razorback fans, you know, were pretty bummed by that. But this is actually a game going into Tennessee. I'd say most Razorback fans are expecting to win and, in fact, would be very disappointed if they lost. Which is incredible to me. And uh, that is that that is a, a very different tone from where the start of the season was. Probably, like, that would have been chalked up as, a, okay, Tennessee's a preseason top 20 team. We're probably not going to get that one. I would say most fans would have said, maybe we can pull off an upset. But now having that, that expectation, well, on the flip side, the Tennessee conversation is, man, uh, not only the Alabama and the Georgia games, but Tennessee lost by 27 to Kentucky. And and for the record, I have said this week, I think Tennessee bounces back. I think the two weeks to get ready, the Vols had a bye week, that that will help them get the win. But I also said, hey, I could be wrong here. You know, I, I didn't expect Tennessee to lose to Kentucky by 27. So the tone at the beginning of the season on Tennessee side was, well, there, there are two pretty obvious just chalk them up as wins, Vanderbilt and Arkansas. And Arkansas has very much changed that tune from the the side in Knoxville, and uh, and the Arkansas fan confidence I think is justified. Yeah, it's just it's a crazy what you know winning can do to a, a program to where now Arkansas fans are like almost overconfident. I'd even say you know they're thinking like, hey, we know things go our way, we could beat Bama at the end of the year. I mean, you know that it's getting crazy when you start talking about it that way. But I think like I know that Tennessee Volunteers fans uh, are you know kind of in a different wavelength, but. You know, these two programs right now, it's it's tough. Like, I've been kind of going back and forth and trying to figure out who I think is going to win. And I, I wouldn't be shocked by either way. I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee won. I wouldn't be shocked if Arkansas won. I think they're both kind of in the same boat. But uh, I guess it, it's just a little interesting because, uh, you know, Tennessee and in, in coming off, they've lost three straight games, as, as you know. And, you know, the bye week, I think, is big, too. But I don't know, man. I just I think this this game is going to kind of be a separation for uh, for different reasons. Like on Arkansas being in the West, 
you know, they're above the Mississippi schools, but this could kind of catapult them to climbing up a little bit. But like from the Tennessee perspective, I guess our fans pretty bummed with the way the season's gone so far. And I mean, what's the confidence level for them? Because Razorback fans confidence is high. Where's like, what's Tennessee's confidence? Yeah. Right well, now? yeah, it's dropped for sure. I mean, what I've gathered is, um, you know, just a lot of frustration setting in like Jeremy Pruitt said uh, a couple of weeks ago, the players are not discouraged, but frustration has been there. How could it not? Well, has been as well. Um, you know, there, there's some numbers out there. I've shared some, in fact, that is, is, created some pushback i've gotten some messages of uh, fans not being too happy with me of just laying out numbers you know of where things are and uh that's why i, th- I think a lot of fans are looking at and say hey we we need to or we should win this game should is a word that i've used to describe uh tennessee like if if tennessee is on the right track with jeremy pruitt then they should win this game right and if you look at the recruiting rankings and all that that would back up tennessee being in a position where it should win. But I also pay attention to the odds makers. I, yeah. I don't dismiss what they say. And when they, they have the line open up at three and it's it's at one and a half or two with Tennessee as a slight favorite, and that's on the road, I look at it and say, okay, they they see Tennessee as the better team, but not by a wide margin. And that's why uh, we bring up turnovers all the time, don't we? It's it's an, it's almost an easy crutch, but it applies here, I think. If, if Garantano turns the ball over, problem. If Tennessee, if Tennessee can force some mistakes by Felipe Franks, the ball should get out of there with the win. So um, what do you think when you look there? It's Garantano versus Franks again. They've faced off in, yeah. in the SEC East from Florida versus Tennessee. So they get at least one more, probably the final go at each other here as fifth-year seniors. Yeah, that's that's actually the matchup that we talked about on my show today and just how like Felipe Franks has been exactly what Arkansas has needed him to be. Like yeah. Everyone was kind of just – a little weary about him because they didn't know it's like all right so how good is this guy gonna be if he can't make it at florida if he can't be the starter there and he's coming into an arkansas program there was just a lot of uncertainty and he hasn't been amazing but he's been the right guy like he's been a senior leader he's he's not turned the ball over a lot he's only thrown three interceptions which i know uh uh he has as well but like it's just it's funny because i people are confident in felipe they, they know that he can make some throws they know he can do some passing and stuff but there's still just something about the offense for Arkansas where it's like their their best performance was against A&M this past weekend. They scored 31. But there's just still something about it when people are like, okay, we, we trust the defense. We trust them that they'll be in good position. But there's still something about the offense that's just not like clicking just yet. So Yeah, both offenses for these two teams rank really low. Like if you yeah. look at ESPN's SP+, they're, they're I think, just inside the top 90 nationally, yeah. which is really, really bad. Yeah, and so I agreed with you, though, as far as turnovers go. Because if you look at Arkansas and the games they've won, like they have been able to get their opposing team to turn the ball over a ton. Like when they beat Ole Miss – like they had that corral through six interceptions. Like, yeah, if you don't win a game when you get the other team to throw six interceptions, I don't know what to tell you. But like, he turned the ball over a lot. KJ Costello in that game uh, threw three interceptions. Like he turned the ball over a lot. And guess what? When they played Kellen Mond and A and M, they didn't turn the ball over once. So I, I I agree with you. Like turnover battle is going to be the key in this game because I think the offenses there's a lot of similarities. I think defensively. Uh, both teams are at least uh, you know good enough to win this game, but it's going to be which team makes the most mistakes because that's the formula for Arkansas. It's like if they cause turnovers, they'll win the game. But if they don't, it's hard for them to uh, to take advantage of opportunities that don't come their way. 
We'll continue our discussion with Josh Ward of Locked On Vols here in just a second. But first, though, folks, it's man, it's crazy out there. Election season, like the elections tonight at the recording of this, like all y'all are probably going to be stressed out. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is insanity. No matter what happens, it's going to be wild. But you know what? Chill. Just chill. You all need to relax. De-stress a little bit. Hit the, the hit the reset button. And there's nothing better to do that with than the beverage that is made to chill, and that is Coors Light. That's what I reach for every time I'm trying to chill. And the great thing about it is that when I talk about what I crack open when I need to relax, there's just something about being a cold, fresh, cool Coors Light. It just hits you perfectly. And then as soon as you start drinking it, you feel good. You feel chill. You feel relaxed. And it doesn't have to do with elections. Maybe you don't want to do with that. Maybe you're stressed out about the Razorback game this weekend. No matter what it is, you got it going on with Coors Light. It's the made-to-chill drink with all your buddies, with all your friends. Kick back, relax, and drink some great beer, the only beer, Coors Light. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for that beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. John, I'm curious, do you make much of Jim Chaney and Sam Pittman, their history coaching together? They, they obviously know each other really well. They go way back. Uh, this comes up all the time. Coaches know each other. These guys really do, though. Do you make much of that uh, with Sam Pittman having kind of worked under Jim Chaney at different times, too? You know, most of the time I kind of overlook those types of things because I'm like, I think it's overrated. But in this case, it's like those guys have been together or like, was it three different schools? I believe they were at Tennessee together uh, originally uh, when they got their start in the SEC. Then they were together at Arkansas back in 2015 or yeah, uh, 2013, or 2014. And then they went to Georgia together. So it's like there has to be something there where Sam Pittman, I would think it'd be his advantage. But then again, you know, we don't know what the ins and outs are, but the fact that he's coached offense under him and knows what he likes, what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do, what he does in these certain situations as far as down and distance, like I would think that'd be a pretty good advantage for Sam Pittman in, in Arkansas. But uh, as we know, like Jim Chaney's been around a long time because he also knows Sam Pittman and he knows sure. kind of what he does too. So I, I've, I think it's a pretty cool deal. And I know it's cool for both of them to be really close friends and to go against each other. And it's also kind of crazy because Sam Pittman said in his press conference, I don't know if you guys if you guys get a chance to talk to, to Jim Chaney much or coordinators, because I know we don't here at Arkansas, but we, we do not. Yeah, it's a kind of uncommon. But Sam Pittman even said he was like, I talked to Jim Chaney once a week and we, we're still close friends. And, and I wouldn't be where I'm at without Jim Chaney because Jim Chaney's the one that went and hired Sam Pittman after he got fired from North Carolina way back when. So it's a very interesting relationship. And I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if Jim Chaney's like, not pissed, but is he like kind of looking back? He's like, how did this guy, an offensive line coach, become a head coach before me, who's been an offensive coordinator, you know, to make that jump? So no, I think that's pretty interesting there. I don't know what, you know, what Tennessee during the Dooley days, what they remember about Sam Pittman being there and all that, but. Players loved him. Tennessee's yeah. offensive linemen still talk about how much they love playing for him. And when Butch Jones came in, 
there were Tennessee had a good offensive line that had one year remaining. Essentially, they had Juwan James and Tiny Richardson, uh, three guys that went on to to play in the NFL for several years. Juwan's you know he's, he's opted out, but he's with the Broncos now. And they they lobbied for Pittman to stay, and Butch brought his own guys as typically happens. But yeah, I, I've yet to talk to somebody who played for Sam Pittman who doesn't rave about playing for Sam Pittman. And you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's something that more schools or teams will look at is, you know, there's the, the traditional, well, you go get the next hot up and coming OC or, or in some cases, defense coordinator. That's the route Tennessee went right. But the offensive line coach, he knows how to relate to the players. He knows how the game should be played. I mean, it, it's played in the trenches, right? So yeah. uh, I, I don't think it has to be as traditional as, as some people make it out to be. And this is also year one with Sam Pittman. We'll see how it goes. But fans should be fans are going to love him, I think. And, and his he knows how to recruit. He's got the the uh, the right kind of attitude. So maybe he'll set some kind of new blueprint. Yeah, it was funny that you brought that up because uh, when when Sam Pittman got hired, you know, obviously you hire a guy that's never even been a coordinator at a at a high level before. It's kind of like risky. But when you're you know <laughs> you've lost like twenty straight SEC games, you got to have to get what you got but uh that was something when you brought up like the players loving him like that's that's something that really impressed me was the players loving him and also the coaches because I thought I was like okay well if he gets hired that's fine but it's going to come down to what staff he can build around him and you know they he, he's hired a great staff I think Barry Odom of course was the big one but you know just to see the players that love him the guys he didn't even recruit but the players love him coaches love him they love playing with him they love coaching with him so you know, it could be something special, and that was kind of something I thought was interesting in the route that Tennessee's gone because I think Tennessee and Arkansas just over the past like 10 or so years have kind of had this fluctuation where it's like, you know, you, you think you got the guy, but then it just doesn't work out, like whether it's Butch Jones or, or Derek Dooley or Brett Bielema or Chad Morris for crying out loud. Like there's a lot of similarities there, and so when Tennessee went the Pruitt route, I thought it was interesting because, you know, Sabanites and all that, but – like, what's what's the feel for him in Knoxville? Like, are people still excited? They still think he can get it done? Because it kind of seems like it's been like a up-and-down type of yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I mean, because you had uh, year one ended dis- in a disappointing fashion, even after getting a big win against Auburn. And uh, year two began with losses against Georgia State, which was just humiliating, and losing to BYU in disappointing fashion and got blown out by Florida. And it looked like, oh, man. And then Tennessee won six straight games and, yeah. and eight straight with the first two this year. And now we're having this conversation. So there's been a yo-yo, I think, of emotions for Tennessee fans, which really they've had for 12, 15 years now at different times. It's just been a big um, up and down roller coaster um, ride of emotions. But uh, the last couple of weeks, I think, have been split. I think when some of those numbers are out there, some say, well, yeah, that's more on Butch. Others say, no, he's the head coach. It's on him. And, you know, you get the, the back and forth and um, there, there's a bit of a divide. The passion's still there, I think, largely. But uh, is confidence as high confidence for for Jeremy Pruitt as high as it was three weeks ago? I'd say no way, but in the middle of last year, it wasn't very high, and then they won a bunch of games in a row. So there's an opportunity, but you have to do it against SEC teams all the way through that are a little bit better than what Tennessee played. And uh, if Tennessee loses this week, then no. There, there's not going to be much confidence at all. So that, that's why I say it's so important. Are, are there other matchups or other questions you have in this game that kind of stand out to you when you look at two teams that, again, um, according to the odds makers, are – are pretty closely matched up against one another. What, what are you kind of asking going into this game? Well, yeah, because to me, it's like with with what Arkansas has shown so far, it's like I kind of I kind of have a feeling like what they're what they are, like what what they're capable of. But like I've watched Tennessee a few times this year, and I guess you know it's just 
you know, we know that this is a defensive driven league, but I see that like the defense for Tennessee has given up a pretty good amount of points, but Arkansas's offense hasn't really been, you know, again, like struggling to get going. They've been doing some better things. So I guess the the biggest question is going to be the defensive front for Tennessee, because that anytime Arkansas has faced a team that has a great defensive front, which is what Georgia had, which is what Auburn had, and which is what uh, Texas A&M had uh, more so than anything, they've struggled. So, the defensive front for Tennessee matching up against a very inexperienced and young offensive line for Arkansas. What's that look like? Well, I, you know, I've said this needs to be a, a bounce back, get right game for Tennessee. And you could, you could limit that specifically to the defensive front because Tennessee fired the defensive line coach two weeks ago yeah. and the Vols have a lot of experience. Everybody came back, literally everybody from last year's defensive line that played and they, they weren't great, but they actually played pretty well as the year went along. But Tennessee's defensive line coach, Tracy Rocker, went to South Carolina. Jimmy Brumbaugh came in, and then Jeremy Pruitt, four games in, decided that's not the right hire. So Jeremy Pruitt has said the defensive line has not been good enough, and they haven't created enough pressure. If you look at the havoc rate stat in, in trying to create disruption, the Vols don't rank, uh, I don't think, close to where they should, but they still have some athletes up front. So uh, here's a good test. Let, let's see if, if Arkansas is improving up front. And uh, I have said that Tennessee's defensive line, if they really are going to be anything, th- they need to show it this week as well because Sam Pittman's going to look on film and say, hey, these guys, they, they're not up to it. So here's a real challenge for Tennessee's defensive line to show that they're as good as people thought maybe before the season. Jeremy Pruitt, by the way, is the coach of the defensive line now. So it's on him too. He's, he's taken on that responsibility. So this will be his third week coaching the defensive line. Uh, you want to talk about what fans are expecting. I would think that they're going to expect better play up front, more, more pressure to put on Felipe Franks because Jeremy Pruitt at some point in every press conference mentions turnovers and they're not going to create them if they don't pressure the quarterback. We'll continue our discussion with Josh Ward of Locked On Vols here in just a second. But, folks, it's Tuesday, right? Maybe Wednesday when you're listening to this. And you just get to that point where, holy crap, you're tired. You're exhausted physically and mentally because of the work week, elections, football season, all this fun stuff. But the thing is, is it you got to find a way to break through that wall. And luckily for you, I got a product that's perfect. It's called Built Go. And it helps you break through whether the physical or mental wall, you can break through it every single day. It's easy because it's in 1.5 ounce packages and it's collagen protein. It's an energy gel, if you will. And it's like the five hour energy, but without that crash feeling, it's better for your body. It's natural. And they have three different flavors of peanut butter, honey, as well as chocolate, coconut and chocolate mint. It's great. And here's the great deal about it is visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked. You'll get 20% off your next order. Doesn't matter how many you order or how much you order, it's 20% off. Use the deal, folks. You'll bust through that wall. You'll get through that wall. You'll fire off and finish the week strong. That's what we all want to do here on this podcast. So again, visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, it's kind of been the same thing with Arkansas. Like they did not get any pressure on Mond last week against AM and it like he just picked them apart. So like Arkansas's defense has actually been pretty good as far as getting pressure and causing turnovers, as we mentioned. But yeah, uh, but the opposite side of it with offensively, like it's like Arkansas has a great running back in Rakeem Boyd, and he only hit the century mark for the first time this year last week against AM. Like, but they have to be able to get him going. 
in order to really get the offense going. Because as I said last week against A&M, best offensive performance. Well, why was that? Because you got the rushing attack going. That was really the first time all year. So that's why I'm curious about that matchup because yeah. if Arkansas can establish the run, like like Traylon Burks at wide receiver is one of the best wide receivers in the SEC. I don't know if he gets the credit for it, but man, he's good. And if they can just really have that balance and not have a bunch of three and outs, which is what Arkansas has struggled with a lot, like tons of three and outs, which has been problematic. Like this is where it could really get interesting as far as kind of seeing, you know, which, which trench wins, which is like that in most SEC matchups, but especially in this one, because, you know, again, it kind of goes back to everything. I could see Arkansas's offensive line doing really well and Arkansas's defensive line doing really well, but I could also see the opposite where Tennessee takes advantage of it as well. It's kind of just like a, like a, a checkers match between these two teams where they're pretty much dead even. It's just a matter of who comes to play. I agree. Uh, Tennessee wants to run the football too. So maybe maybe those are two things. Which which team plays better up front, which will uh, ultimately decide which team's able to run the football and which team takes care of the football. Uh, coaches might love this episode because we're talking about just some some basic fundamentals yeah. that they put up on the on the whiteboard every week, John. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see who can win it out. And it is a, a Jim Chaney versus Sam Pittman matchup in some ways. J- so you have uh, you have the Jeremy Pruitt, Barry Odom, head coach, defensive yep. coordinators as well in this game. So uh, it should be fun. Anything else you want to add before we? We wrap up this crossover episode edition. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you because I, I, I'm asking about Jeremy Pruitt, but since yeah. you brought up Jim Chaney, like Razorback fans did not like Jim Chaney, like when he was the OC here. Like, do Tennessee yeah. fans like him? Is is, is it kind of eh, whatever? Like, what's what's their thoughts on him? Probably not right now. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> there, there's think. a lot of frustration. One because of the offensive play, but also the lack of development at quarterback. And Tennessee paid a ton of money to bring in Jim Chaney. And not all fans care about how much money's being spent, but. Most of them are aware of it. And Cheney's making more than a million and a half being the oh, offensive coordinator. And there was uh, – it's also probably fans heard over and over and over again during the offseason, including on Locked on Vols, about it being year two with Cheney and the first time that Jarrett Garantano has his offensive coordinator coming back, which should matter, yeah, did, right? Yeah. It's the first time he had the same OC for two consecutive years, but the results are the same and in some ways worse. Yeah. So um, that is very frustrating for fans. So – uh, the the blame always starts at the top, but the offensive coordinator can can find some heat as well. Play yeah. calling is always questioned, and when Jim Chaney arrived, he said the honeymoon won't last long, and he was right. So mm-hmm. uh, the results at this point just haven't been good enough. I mean, it's it's been a disappointment, and they need to be better. Yeah, I actually do really like Pruitt. Like, I think that he was probably, uh, I mean, the jury's still out, but I thought he was the best hire our Tennessee's made since Philip Fulmer, uh, obviously, but... Uh, I think that if Tennessee, just by watching them in the short time I have, like their offense, I, I think Jim Chaney moving on from him might be the move. Like, it, it, yeah, Jeremy Pruitt takes some blame, but they, they may. You know what's some- interesting is Georgia fans will say the same. Yeah. yeah that, that's come out of Athens, too, that, yeah, we were okay with Jim Chaney moving on. And it's interesting hearing that from the Arkansas side, too. Yeah, because like uh, when they moved on from Jim Chaney, they got Dan Enos, which we know coached at Alabama for a little bit in Miami and all that. And like, it was night and yeah. day. Like they immediately went from being a very average offense to boom, Brandon Allen threw 3000 yards and 30 touchdowns. So uh, I think that, you know, he, he's just, I don't know why he keeps getting a job. Like, I don't know if it's maybe just cause he's got the experience, but it's like, I can't remember any offense of his where I'm just like, wow, 
It was so great. Yeah. I guess he did well, coach you know, in the championship game at Georgia. But still. Yeah, right. 2012, Tennessee's offense was spectacular, and they had a, a bunch of talent. That offensive line I mentioned, they had Tyler yeah. Bray, who's in the NFL. He, he doesn't really play, but he was he's an NFL quarterback eight yeah. years later. And uh, Justin Hunter, Cordell Patterson. So they had a ton of talent, too. They put up a bunch of yards. The defense was a disaster, and Tennessee went 5-7, and seven, and everybody lost their jobs. But uh, for Tennessee fans, that was the last time they saw Jim Chaney in Knoxville as, ten- as a Tennessee coach. So you have that memory. But that offense is not this offense, and fans are waiting on it. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm kind of glad that like Sam Pittman when they when Arkansas hired him, I was kind of thinking like, oh crap, don't tell me he's going to bring back Jim Chaney. Like no one was wanting that. But kudos to Sam Pittman. Like it could have been so easy to hire like his buddy and his friend. Yeah, he actually kind of went outside the box and got Kendall Bryles, which you know still he's not perfect, but it's it's unique and and they run an offense that's pretty pretty exciting and pretty uh, you know better than what it was. So. You know, that was that was a good move by Sam Pim. So I'm glad that Tennessee has him and Arkansas doesn't, at least from this end. So uh, we can wrap up. And if you don't want to make a pick, do you have a lean at least? Do you know which way you'll lean with your pick for the game on Saturday between Tennessee and Arkansas? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to shock everybody listening on your end. But uh, I got Arkansas winning this game. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Though. I think it's going to be like something like 27-23. Like something that's just uh, – it's kind of ugly at times. Yeah. Like offensively both for both teams. Like they get struggling to get it going. But uh, I, I just think that being at home and, and Arkansas's – they're playing better and better as each week goes, especially offensively. Um, you know, I, I think Arkansas edges it out, but it's definitely going to be an ugly game at times and a close one in that. Yeah, I'm going to be similar. I'll be on the other side. I'm going to say Tennessee by a field goal. I think uh, it, it's it's a bye week pick partly, yeah. so uh, we'll see. But I, I think it, I think it could be a good one in that it should be a competitive one. I don't know that we're going to see the prettiest game <laughs> on Saturday night, but uh, an entertaining one, entertaining one, and Saturday night in the SEC. Things can get wild as well. So, John, it's always great to talk to you. Locked on Razorbacks there. I have locked on Vols and uh, enjoyed sitting down for this one. Absolutely, man. Enjoy the game and enjoy the weekend. We'll be catching up with you. You got it. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.